0: I want you to understand something, I'm going to give a sh- who's sitting in this chair, Matt Harvey, should be a guy you turn to. This kid's still a tremendous competitor, irregardless of what he's been told, he's a tremendous competitor.
2: And welcome to Radio Eric Gardler's with me, your host, Mark Scalia. Hi, guys. Oh, it's been too long. It's been too long, and now we're back, and we're live. And if you're listening to this program, you're listening one of three ways. One, through my website, MarkScalia.com. And if you want to check out more of that site, please do. I'm updating my dates and putting new videos and some more stuff, and it's always constantly updating as much as I'd like it to keep moving it moving as fast as I'd like. But anyway, if you want to be more participant, you're listening through my website. You can click the box you're listening to and it will send you over to the broadcasting site, which is Mixler, M-I-X-L-R dot com. And then you can sign in using a Facebook address and then you can be part of our live chat tonight with me and my lovely listeners and are already chatting up some things because of the pre-show. So that's fun. And if you don't have the time to listen live because that's how we broadcast. We broadcast live. It always is exciting and it's usually more screwed up. (laughs) And then I upload it to iTunes and it becomes a podcast and I sound much better in the podcast version. So you want to listen to the live version and go, that guy is a total fuck up. (laughs) So, and it works out. So that's the three ways you can listen. So I start every show the same way. I'm actually going to, change this a little bit. I'm going to change my intro music a little bit. i got to break it up because it's 2017 and I want to do some new things. So I start every show the same way with the Happening Now monologue.
0: Everything that happens now is happening now. What happened to then? That's When? Just now. We're now now. Go back to then. When? Now? Now? Now. I can't. Why? We missed it. When? Just now. When will then be now? Soon.
2: And a lot has been going on. Last week... I had a gig, so I wasn't able to broadcast, which I really wanted to. I just, I didn't, I wasn't able to. I got home at like like 9.30, and I was like, oh, shit, I want to do a show. And I'm like, I can't do a show. So I didn't do a show. So, because I was working. I was working. That's what I was doing. But so much has been going on. So let me bring you up to speed. It snowed today, only a few inches, but but it's been warm. So snow is on the ground. Spring. Spring is in the air, and it's only February first. And I bring up this whole spring and the snow and all this stuff, and I'm booked all the time. But when I did the pre-show, the bumper music, I played, I played uh, Poopy from uh, from Family Guy, because in honor of the Patriots going to the Super Bowl on Sunday, I played, <laughs> which Brendan can't stand because I changed the words <laughs> of the song. Uh, Sunny and Cher, I got you, babe. Because of Groundhog Day. <laughs> because that's when he wakes up, he hits the same song over and over again. And then of course, the final song was Judy Garland. Clang, clang, clang goes the trolley. Ding, ding, ding goes the bell. It's the trolley song known as the trolley song. So I played that. That's, so, that's what I was doing. So there's so many things going on. I want to cover everything. And I want to get to my guest because I haven't had a guest. I had a guest last uh, two weeks ago, but I've been kind of, Relaxing and go oh i forgot i don't i don't have a guess, and i just ramble like i'm doing now but so many things politics as unusual is really and i don't make a point to talk politics but i will say this i can't go on facebook at all like at all because it incites me on both sides i can't turn on the television i can't watch anything on television it's all about this and that you know it's everybody's losing their fucking minds and my problem is I think people are losing their minds not because they have cause anymore. They're losing their minds because they're losing their fucking minds. It's If you take a breath about anything, you can't lose your shit. I know you're upset. People are upset both sides. They're like, he's doing this. He hasn't done enough. I know. I get it. I get it. I fucking get it. Just stop your fucking Facebook protest. Stop your marching. Stop your protesting. Stop your Facebook Live complaining about shit because I'm not going to watch it anymore. And all you're doing is you're escalating. I watched um, last night uh, President Trump, and I got to say, president trump because i gotta get used to it and I grip my teeth every time i say it <laughs> believe me i'm not a fan and i'm, I'm not against him. i'm just you know just trying to get along but he appointed the uh the sjc last night was a Supreme court choice and the guy seems rational he seems like a decent guy people on both sides like him he's got a good resume he can't you know but everybody's like you think the democrats are... and i go don't stop inciting do you realize what you're doing you're inciting and then the other side, no matter what side it is, is going to escalate to counter. Did, read Sun Tzu. Read Sun Tzu. I have a copy of Sun Tzu right next to my copy of the DAO, and I'm not fucking making it up. That's what I read because when I get problems, I open up the DAO and I pick, a, I pick a page. I do the same thing to Sun Tzu. And you know something? The DAO and Sun Tzu, they probably knew each other and they probably read each other's works. You know? it's just it's insane man you get you losing your shit it's gonna be a long haul this is not a sprint it's a marathon you gotta pick your battles don't lose your shit because if you guys lose your shit that means i gotta lose my shit that means i'm gonna lock up the house stock up on tuna and ramen pride (laughs) buy a bunch of guns And just wait for the apocalypse to come. Not even the zombie apocalypse. Just the fucking apocalypse. Because you fuckers are just losing your shit. Relax. Take a breath. Take a breath. Go the right way. Easy. Can't we? Home. Home. Just fucking zen out. Let's talk about better things. Let's talk about better things. Let's talk about this Sunday. And you can't even talk about this Sunday without people fucking complaining about it. Because New England likes the Patriots. Everybody else fucking <laughs> hates the Patriots. It's fucking ridiculous. It's fucking crazy. I don't I just I don't get people complain about nothing, man. What is it? If there was a zombie apocalypse tomorrow, there would be a zombie protest rally tomorrow. Now <laughs> I'm not a big Elizabeth Warren fan. I don't I just I want to talk about condescending. I don't. I don't like any politician that says I got here in hard work. <laughs> I'm like, what? 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 Are <laughs> oh, they beca- <laughs> They prefer to be called the mobile deceased. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. Uh, Oh, I know what I was going to do. I was going to talk about... Boom, shakalaka. Looking forward to the Patriots. It's a big game, the big bowl, and you got to say the big game because you can't say the S word (laughs) for some reason because the NFL copyrights everything. They're a 401c3. Did you know that? They don't pay fucking taxes. Does that not bother you? That would make me want to fucking march, but I like watching the games on Sunday. (laughs) Anyway. Tomorrow is Groundhog Day. So I figured instead of playing a game with you, I'm going to play some trivia with you about Groundhog Day. Pennsylvania's Paxitani Phil. He is not the only groundhog. Did you know that? There's Staten Island Chuck. That's a real fucking thing. And Wy- is Wyerton Willie. I don't know where Wyerton is. Did you also know that Canada celebrates Groundhog Day in the same fashion? Now, the reason it's on February 2nd is February 2nd is halfway between the winter solstice and the spring equinox. That makes sense. The first official Groundhog Day celebration took place on February 2nd, 1887 in Puxatawney, Pennsylvania. It was the brainchild of a local newspaper editor, Clymer Frias. His real name is Clymer, C-L-Y-M-E-R, Clymer. Or claimer. Is it claimer? There's no A in it. It's claimer. Maybe it's claimer. <laughs> Maybe he's a lemur. <laughs> he sold the idea to a bunch of businessmen and groundhog hunters. That's what he did. They were known collectively as the Puxatani Groundhog Club. They trekked to a site called Gobbler's Knob, which I think is the dirtiest place to have a celebration. Gobbler's Knob. Because <laughs> it could be nobbler's Gob. What if you're dyslexic? And I'm not making fun of dyslexia because either way, it's fucking funny to say. Spectators attend Groundhog Day events and Puxitani, and it was immortalized in the 1993 film, which was actually shot in Woodstock, Illinois. For the last 30 years, residents of Vermilion, Ohio, have turned to a very different creature for the annual weather forecast. It is the woolly bear caterpillar. According to tradition, if the insects have more orange than black, (laughs) <laughs> the upcoming winter will be mild. So orange is the new black and you're a woolly bear. I love that show, by the way. Totally into Netflix. You, oh, your grandmother was born in Pexatani. Oh, oh that makes you a groundhog. <laughs> you got to talk like this when it's Pexatani. Anyway, Phil, Phil Connors. <laughs> the groundhog is also known as a woodchuck. Because you say how much wood could a woodchuck chuck a woodchuck could chuck wood? You couldn't say how many hogs could a woodchuck gone? It doesn't make any fucking sense. Ba-bing. <laughs> they belong to a group of squirrels. They're ground squirrels. Did you know that they're giant? Ned Ned Ryerson. <laughs> now the listeners are just run. They're just typing all kinds of shit. <laughs> anyway. So they're they're basically ground squirrels. They're part of the same family. And the family's known as marmots. (laughs) Get out of here, you marmot. They grow up to about 25 inches long. You're welcome. And can live for 10 years in captivity. According to the legend, though, Punxsutawney Phil is more than 125 years old. Thanks to a magical punch he imbibes every summer. And we wonder why the White House is inhabited by fucking idiots. This is what we do. This is moronic. There were no other Phil's, by the way. There's just one. Phil obviously can't get his elixir without a little help. So that's where the so-called inner circle comes from. The Punxsutawney Groundhog Club's inner circle take care of Phil for the entire year. I would fucking hope so. When Phil is not predicting the weather, he lives in the town library with his wife. Phyllis. (laughs) Phyllis. <laughs> Phil and Phyllis are married. Uh, Phil uses a special language called Groundhoggies, which is what he uses to communicate to the inner circle president who then announces it to the world. There you go. And there was one other thing, and I don't know. I Oh, yeah. Do you know that Pensatani Phil has met Oprah? Yeah. And Reagan. Fucking Groundhog. This is just some weird fucking shit going on. And, of course, it's February, so it is Black History Month. And we got a special uh, little clip that I got coming on. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take our first break. And during that clip, what is this? You get a groundhog, you get a groundhog. <laughs> <You> get... <laughs> That's funny, Oprah. You get a groundhog, and you get a groundhog. <laughs> so we're going to take our first break. And during the break, uh, I'm going to play a little history for you. And you're going to get a little sampling of my extremely funny comedic guest, Aaron McGuire, will be joining us on the show. Guys, don't go anywhere because you don't want to miss it. You're listening to Radio Regardless. We'll be right back.
0: Welcome to another installment of Radio Irregardless's history. African American history dates back to the colonial period. At the forefront of the push to bring black history into public consciousness was a scholar and son of former slaves, Dr. Carter G. Woodson. Woodson organized the first annual Negro History Week in 1926 for the second week of February to coincide with the birthdays of both Abraham Lincoln and Frederick Douglass. My name is Doug. I have just met you, and I love you. Twenty-six years after Carter Woodson's death, Negro History Week became Black History Month,
1: I hate Black Pepper. I hate Whoopi Goldberg's lips. I hate the back of Forrest Whitaker's neck.
0: <laughs> Dr. Carter Woodson left an indelible mark. Black History Month continues his legacy. We honor the people. What do you mean, you people? What do you mean, you people? In celebration of the African-American experience. This has been... Radio Irregardless's history. Hi, this is Mike Trobus, and you are listening to Radio Irregular. Irregard, Irreg- I don't know. Ir- Irregardless, there it is, with Mark Scalia. Scalia? Is it Scalia? Is it Scalia? Who the hell knows? Yeah, I don't even know why I'm on here. I obviously have nothing better to do, but you know what? Listen, you might have a good time.
1: Yes, it's been a rough week. We all need to laugh, right? Yeah, yeah in the middle of all this media chaos, everybody completely ignored that it was National No Bra Day. Which for me is a high holy day, I don't know. When you're my age and the company that makes your bras is called Sweet Nothings. I wore a strapless bra the other day, I exhaled and it became a belt. That's why I was so happy when Starbucks came out with the flat white, I'm like, that's my nickname! Yes! The people. There's not a lot of Irish porn stars, right? Not like Brian McFinnegan in an of Arabia. <laughs> because there's nothing sexy about seeing someone's circulatory system. <laughs> uh, I can see your liver through your stomach. Let's do this. Weird <laughs> week. Stuff to laugh about this week. I mean, I saw the funniest headline Trump has access to intelligence. That's good. And on the positive side, uh, four states legalized marijuana. One is my home state of Massachusetts. Yes. Come in over that. You know why? It makes my Christmas shopping so much easier. Gummy bears for everybody. that we can agree that we all hate on, on either side of the aisle. I think we can all agree that we all hate the word moist. Right? Start there. We hate the word moist, but we need it to describe baked goods. Because no one wants to eat a damp muffin.
2: And you're back at Radio Air Regardless with me, your host, Mark Scalia. And joining me via Skype is the very funny Aaron McGuire, everybody.
1: Hey! Listen to the people applaud.
2: They love you.
1: They <laughs> Oh, all twos of fives of them are freaking out.
2: I love this audience because you can go, hey, shut up. And they stop. And you go, hey, bring it up. They love it.
1: Yeah, see? <laughs> Push them around.
2: That's it. How are you, Aaron?
1: I'm well. How are you? I'm
2: good. Just, you know, settling in, settling in after a couple of weeks off and with the festival. And
1: oh, I'm sure. And yeah. I love doing podcasts because I can do them pantsless.
2: <laughs> Isn't it? Well, you <laughs> are in good company. It's so freeing.
1: <laughs> it's just to know that, that I, I don't need to wear pants to show up for you.
2: That, that's why I people are like, I, when you want me on the show, am I coming in? I go, no, I don't want you in my house. <laughs>
1: I don't want to see your face. Just, Let's ruin the magic. It's
2: like I they, they go. Oh, you're gonna Skype? Are we doing video? I go no, no. <laughs> We're not doing video.
1: No, I take my makeup off at 8 p.m. and then when the mask <laughs> falls off, it makes a thud. It's really it's quite the scene. I'm actually a dude.
2: I win because I had yeah. money on that. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's why it's called Aaron Gobralis. Yeah,
2: that's right. The name of the show is Aaron Gobralis. Now, you did you talk about the uh, the stuff in your activity. But first of all, the first time we actually met was at the Salem Comedy and Spirits Festival, and you did yeah. fantastic. Your night was at Deacon Giles on the Friday night, and because you were originally from this area, you were staying over, and you actually did a spot on Saturday night as well at Finn's Restaurant.
1: Yes, I thank you for that. I like that you did put the, uh, you put the mick in the gin house, <laughs> which is where I, I really belonged and oh, I shine. But their, but, gin, their know,
2: gin is so good though, isn't it? Oh,
1: so good. I bought a bottle of it. Yeah,
2: I saw you, you were like sneaking out. I'm like, you can walk out, Darren. You don't have to sneak
1: it, out. That's shame. That's shame walking.
2: <laughs> Actually, you bought two bottles, didn't you?
1: Oh, I got I got the tonic to go oh, with oh, it. You got to get the mix up.
2: The mixer.
1: Get the mixer, son. (laughs) Get the mixer.
2: So you are actually based out of New York now, right? You live in Jersey, but you work mostly in New York, correct?
1: Yes. Yes, I do.
2: And you you are an actress as well, aren't you?
1: I I do it all, man.
2: (laughs) Hold on. My brother Somebody
1: just gave you crap for saying actually.
2: You know something I actually (laughs) said actually 20 times? You're better than literally. Here's the thing. My listeners can always tell what I'm. Prepping to do something because I say the same thing over and over. I'll be like, "So, um, is that working out?" <laughs> so, I'm, I'm, it's like a
1: tick, isn't
2: it? No, I'm trying to. I'm trying to prep because I did on my show prep, and I'm making sure. The reason I was actually saying, actually. <laughs> see is because i want to give you promo stuff before you i can tell you all about erin you can actually free her, and she loves it she absolutely loves it she's she's on twitter not as much she's at mcguire comedy she's also on instagram which she is pushing she loves the instagram at i
1: give good instagram
2: (laughs) she's at cinnamon broom productions all one word Cinnamon Broom Productions. And of course, yes. if you can't remember either of those, the very simple way to find her is through her website, Erinmaguire.com That's E-R-I-N-M-A-G-U-I-R-E.com. That is
1: the, yes. And, and the spelling of my name has been the bane of my existence. Why? I don't know why this is the hardest thing in the world. And I thought when Jerry Maguire came out that yeah. it would make things easier, and it hasn't. I mean, that's how you spell my name, is M-A-G-U-I-R-E. And I really thought, there's got to be a way to put it into my show where I can write my own jingle. <laughs> how, like, do, how do people I don't know. know I haven't thought of anything officially yet. I'm just spitballing. It's like, if you want to watch a ginger pea, call M-A-G-U-I-R-E. There's something... <laughs> That needs to be workshopped in there. But yeah, people need that's... to know how to spell my name. And it's always been a problem. And it's not. Look look at it on paper. McGuire. There's Toby McGuire. We have all of.
2: No, hold, on, hold on. Hold on a second. Class- Aaron I'm going to stop you because you were just walked right if you want to watch a ginger pee is that what you actually I don't said know. i'm
1: literally this is nothing i have even thought of i'm just yes this is off the top of my head like what's the easy also i'm a fifth grader in my mind so what am i gonna do i'm gonna go to the crap comedy first
2: <laughs> yes go right for refined. the crotch <laughs> Most yes. people, don't go, go low. don't go for and the then, jugular go for the crotch
1: <laughs> when they go low go lower <laughs> I think that's actually my catchphrase.
2: So with your name, Maguire, it does probably get butchered quite a bit because people think it's Maguire M-A-C. There's a C in there somewhere.
1: I got a Q once. Somebody gave me a Q-W. I was like, really, though? We're making this so much harder.
2: Maguire?
1: Yeah, and when people call to try to tell you, like, sell you stuff, you know, you get the 6 (laughs) p.m. phone calls. They always pronounce it Maguire. Like it's... (laughs) <laughs> How fancy! I, I don't get it. I'm very fancy, McGure. It, it, it's the one time that I'm ethnic. All of us. Oh sudden.
2: my god! Well, you know, it's funny. My name too. It's Scalia. But being in New England most of my life, I didn't go anywhere, and people would butcher my name. It's Scalia or it's Scalia. And then I started traveling, and nobody, you know, n- nobody. I didn't correct anybody. They pronounced it the Italian way, which is Scalia. And then yeah. I then I started pronouncing it like that and it was like, "When'd you change your fucking name?" And I'm like, "I didn't change my name." It's always
1: been there. Scalia. That's a real stretch.
2: Yeah. Well, that was my father. My father would say Scalia. And that was his name. I don't get it. I just don't There's it's no E Scalia. in my name at all.
1: You this- <laughs> <laughs> so you, vintage.
2: You clean it, we cook it. That's the way. <laughs>
1: Uh, we don't cook. Irish people don't. We boil, and that's it.
2: Is it? Well, this is Irish. Is it? I thought Irish would have been Mick, with an M C. Maguire.
1: Uh, it's yeah. I think it's the Scottish. It's Scottish. I, I was gonna say name. yeah. I haven't looked that far into my past. I don't need to know. I know that we <laughs> stole sheep. Like my family stole sheep in Ireland. Oh. I do know. <laughs> stole sheep. That that's part of what. What our history was
2: that, is was that a big commodity? Steal in sheep was it?
1: You're yeah, taking... I think we we owned hotels and we stole sheep. Would... And I don't. That's. <laughs> I've got to go back to the motherland and, and connect with my people. Excuse
2: me, I'm in room fifteen, and this sheep is a little too lumpy. Can I get another one, please?
1: I, this this sheep will not do at all. <laughs> I was guaranteed at least two milking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I've been back to the motherland twice, but um... I haven't been to like my actual hometown. Oh. Wherever that is, it's somewhere southwestern.
2: I have n- I have not been to Europe. My wife's trying to get me to go to Europe. She really she goes, "We should go to Europe."
1: Oh, you got to go.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Get cultured. I, <laughs> I told her, "When I'm finished looking at everything here, then I'll go away."
1: Oh, I'm finished looking at everything here. <laughs> I'm oh, oh! This gone. is what I
2: this is what I forgot to do in the monologue. I started talking about the Samsung. I have a Samsung um, Galaxy uh, Seven. Yeah. What?
1: <laughs> Didn't it light your head on fire?
2: No, that's the Note Seven that blows up.
1: Uh, oh, good. As long as we're cutting hairs, right? <laughs> All I hear is Samsung Galaxy, and I think that everybody imploded. Poof!
2: Yes, it's the Seven. It's the Note Seven that blows up. But my phone is the Galaxy, and. When I bought it I got the the Gear VR, the VR thing, that goes on your head, the face thing. And for a oh. while I didn't use it cuz I didn't like any of the apps. And then I found like 2 or 3 of the games, I am like addicted to it now. Like and my wife's like, "You shouldn't you shouldn't keep that so close to your head. It's it's got the radiation and stuff."
1: <laughs> Anything that has a Samsung attached to it, goes to your head, I don't care if it is the Note Seven. Why tempt fate?
2: You, you are a racist, madam. You are a racist. You're I, racist against I like Samsung. <laughs> I like my hair.
1: I like my hair. That's there. You go. There's the tagline for Samsung. I liked my hair. You liked, like? Before they burnt it all off. So you you're really tempting fate, but you know, tell me how that works out. So you you reject what Apple products?
2: Oh. You oh, you know, I was going to try to get back on the fact that you're a guest on the show, but you brought up. See, I had cool. to buy a Mac because I was teaching uh, at a film school. So I bought a Mac and I learned Mac and I never really liked it. Never got into it. Never wanted to get into it. It works okay. I'm not a huge fan. It's just okay. I don't uh-huh. like the fact that people go, you should buy a Mac because it's the best thing in the world. It's unbelievable. It's so easy to use. It's easy to uh-huh. use if you have no computer skills whatsoever it's super easy hello well then it works and that's perfect but me i know about a reg edit i know about binary code i know about where the stuff is i know about the directories and mac is like no (laughs) just look at the pretty icons
1: (laughs) mark i got a 330 on my math sats a 330 200 of which was for writing my name (laughs) I don't trifle with tech well i uh, I, I it's never like, went
2: to college so I can't help you I can't
1: I <laughs> abacus up until last year an abac-
2: you had an it abacus lucky so
1: lucky it's gotta be so easy for me and <laughs> and i'm'm I'm a sucker for marketing I'm not gonna lie yeah like I said on Facebook today I was like, God if it has the word power or energy in front of it, I'll eat it. <laughs> Like, I, you're, I'm the perfect target. I'm a basic bitch.
2: Oh, well, Samsung just put up the power energy tab. I'll eat it. <laughs> You'll eat it.
1: <laughs> and then it will light me on fire. Yes.
2: It'll quench your thirst and burn you at the okay. same time.
1: Delicious.
2: But let's get Delicious. back to you and your wonderful yeah. career. Now, you're based out of New York and you do the acting thing. You do comedy. Where else do you perform? Are you just based in New York or you, you travel quite a bit or?
1: I go where the money takes me, baby. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll try I travel around a lot. You know, it's right now I'm doing a lot of festivals. It seems like the festival circuit is just yeah. bumping. Uh yeah, so it's bringing me kind of everywhere. But um primarily, yeah, New York. I like to I like to stay in New York and be part of the the scene, man.
2: I, I really the- love New York. I, I- when when Karen lived in Brooklyn, I loved that part of New York because it was it, it's like it's the opportunity to do anything and everything all the time. If it just wasn't so fucking expensive, it would be awesome.
1: Yeah, and it's exhausting. You have mm. to leave it every now and then to yeah. appreciate it. Go back and be like, Oh wow, I can get ramen at two AM and not everybody in the world can.
2: <laughs> but technically, so- aren't you bridge and tunnel people?
1: We are bridge and tunnel people, but yes, yes, yeah. we live in Jersey. I just don't like to admit that I live in Jersey.
2: Well, that's- I pretend. <laughs> Wait a minute. What are you talking about? You say it in your act. Like... <laughs> I
1: know, but half of it is me cutting on New Jersey. Until I do shows in Jersey and then I'm like, you yeah, Jersey! <laughs> change it with the tide. You it...
2: mean you pander? I can't believe that.
1: <laughs> I'm a panderer. I'm a dirty, dirty panderer.
2: She's the type but, of girl yeah. that likes to pander around. Anyway- <laughs> and I, I don't like pandas. I don't like pandas. And because mostly because they're Chinese. All right. There's my racism for the moment. So. There
1: you go. <laughs> now you've, you've hit all your marks.
2: I've, now I've hit all the marks. I did Black History Month. I've made fun of the Chinese pandas. And everybody's you know. equal. And, <laughs> and now, now we're all equal. I've called myself a wop. I'm good. I said I'm you were Irish fan. when you were Scottish. It, you know, it doesn't matter. Everybody's fine. It's horrible. <laughs> so how long you been doing stand-up, Aaron? Because you're really funny. You're really Oh,
1: well, thank you very much. I feel like I've came out of the womb (laughs) with like a karaoke mic in one hand and basically being like, take my wife, please. (laughs) Like I said, I've been a professional schmuck since I was a kid. And when I was living in Boston, uh, my very first job ever paid gig was doing sketch comedy all around Boston. And we would get hired to do Events Like we would do murder mystery wedding weekends. I did um, a very Brady murder once where I played Jan Brady and I killed Marsha, you know, substantial work. Did you- <laughs> it's like the King Lear of Boston. So
2: so when uh, you're when you're inside the acting studio, you'd be like, and then there was my time in Boston when I murdered Jan.
1: <laughs> when I played Jan and I got to go Marsha, Marsha, Marsha as I killed her. Uh, yeah substantial so I grew up doing sketch and improv and that's kind of the world that I come from and uh, when I and then I went away to school for a while I got all edumacated and I got a (laughs) degree in musical theater God help us all and I've I've been doing you know I so it was like I've always had a foot in musical theater I've traveled the country doing that and and off-Broadway stuff and national tours and whatnot and always been in the sketch world as well, and then in the past five years, I, I was like, you know what? I'm not cutting enough. I should, <laughs> I should just take it to the next level, the final threshold of comedy, stand up.
2: That's why you now, wear long sleeve shirts all the
1: time. Exactly. I'm I, it's all inside. I'm an emotional cutter.
2: Well, you know what you got to do? You got to do the high back of the thigh just under the cheek. No, oh,
1: good. Nobody, oh good. nobody can see Don't it.
2: Nobody can see it. I'll take
1: that under advisement. <laughs> Difficult in the summer. I like too, too many skirts. Um, so, yeah, I started doing stand-up around five years ago, and I was like, well, yeah, this is the ultimate rush. I mm. mean, that's cocaine. Yeah. That's This is as good as it's going to get. And you're like, oh. And you have to, you know, you've done it. It's like you have to want to do that every night and you have to have that passion for it. So it's almost like I'm taking all of the skills that I've ever learned and I'm putting them all into one hyperactive comedy nugget (laughs) and I'm putting that nugget on stage every night with just me and a microphone and, and taking it all over the country. So I, that's why I have a really, I don't know how you would even categorize my act you know it's just me being a professional jackass like I said but it's it's taking everything that I've learned which is my my musicality and my sketch and my yeah. stand-up and, and putting it all together and I've, I've gotten so much stronger at writing my own stand-up and writing my own material and how you craft a bit and that only keeps getting better and better
2: well you do so- like you're you're you have a persona on stage, which a lot of comics, I mean, a lot of comics in the festival do, and that's why I bring them in. But mm. you you have, like, this full persona, which for somebody who's been doing it five years is remarkable. You just, you really have a lot of stuff going on. It's not just, you know, you're funny with jokes, but people in gra- people gravitate towards you. And that's why I was like, I saw, like, maybe 10 seconds of your act and went, yep, that's it. And because oh, I've been doing it long enough and I don't fuck around. And it, a lot of people are like, how come you didn't accept me? And I went, well, because it took me uh, a minute to find something funny. And
1: <laughs> yeah. I can't yeah, do it. Yeah. And you got to hit it right out of the gate and yeah. you got to, you know, connect with your audience right away. I also feel like that has become so much clearer to me within the last year of going, oh, this is okay. This is where I am. And this is sort of what I'm falling into. And it's been a good year.
2: And you tend to write more, the more you get into it now, your persona is getting bigger and you're like, well, I can do that. I can't do that. I can get away with this. And, you know, so you get yeah, a, really you nice, a really nice you realize what style. your
1: voice is. Exactly. And you go, <laughs> well, I, I know when I I sort of step into a realm that doesn't feel natural or me. I think what I love so much about the art of stand up and the medium is that there's really nowhere for you to hide. And. An audience can smell disingenuousness. You know, yeah. is that a word? Yes, Disingenuousness? That's a really big word. For I
2: wouldn't. Me. I wouldn't have said disingen- Disingenuity. <laughs> that's it's, not. That's not. A they word.
1: can smell my disingenuity <laughs> if I'm putting my stuff on. So even though I've got a persona, even though I am larger than life, it's genuinely who I am. Right, if, but there is also
2: the two things comedy has to be is real <clears throat> and or truthful. And it has to be funny. Now that truth is up to perception and that's the thing. And certainly whatever your truth is, that's what, and you're right. People will, you know, they're like dogs. They sense when you're lying. So
1: yeah, because I mean, you know, especially when you're first starting out, you try on a bunch of different suits if you're really working at it. And, you know, uh, you go into a lot of, especially like open mic rooms and stuff like that. And everybody's just raunchy and it's all like dick jokes and stuff and you just go okay well in order to blend in maybe i'll try doing some of that and then i'll do it and it just won't feel right it won't be funny because it's not honest right and it's not natural to me so i'm sort of starting to learn that like i'm i'm a nerd and i'm weird and i talk about i just don't see the world the way the rest of the world sees it i just see things a little bit left of center and that's just the way I view it. So I just need to know that I just need to bring that on stage and not try to be anybody else's voice but my own. And you know it's like there's trends in comedy and I feel like with the Amy Schumer Louis CK trend of this like brash, bold honesty I mean and and raunchiness and and mm. and what have you like that's a lot of people are doing that.
2: I like Louis CK because he tells a truth. And he doesn't dance around it. He just tells the truth. Yeah. And he yeah. tells it funny. My thing with Amy Schumer is I've seen six minutes of Amy Schumer's act go two and a half hours. So I can't. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, I think she's very talented. And her movie, Trainwreck, I was like, I hate her. I hate her. I hate her. And then the second half of the movie, I go, now I like the character. So Really? I
1: still haven't seen it.
2: Oh, oh it's, bad. yeah. The, it's almost like and my wife and i were looking at watching the movie going i don't care about her at all and then there's something that happens and then all of a sudden her acting kicks in and it works
1: yeah but, oh, good good honor But I, yeah, I her um,
2: but her stand up is like you know i watched like i said i watched 6 minutes of her special and went wow this is really funny and then the 7th minute i went i've heard this yeah and yeah, she's yeah. you know Everything is uh, who I fucked and who I fucked and then who I fucked and then who I fucked. And I'm like, that's great. But I wouldn't care about if a man did it either. It's uh, that's I want to hear about all your conquests. I don't care about that.
1: changes the game or what have you. But it's like, you know, for some reason, she's got, you know, she strikes a chord. That's another thing that I like about the the medium, too, is that nobody's the same exactly like there's something for everybody out there so yeah. if you're, if that is the kind of humor that resonates with you you got your Amy Schumer for me I'm a little bit weirder I like my favorite people are Pat Oswalt and Eddie Izzard and um I'm getting into watching a lot of Jim Brewer lately you know <laughs> yeah. weird sort of comics that don't look at things in a very standard way and have a really weird way of explaining things well, what about so- Mitch H- Mitch Hedberg I haven't really gotten into him that much, but oh, it's, again, the, it's yeah. now I watch it more. I watch it with a much more studious eye yeah. than I ever did in the past. Like these are the people that I've always loved Eddie Izzard and I've always loved Pat Oswald. So now I'm starting to just look around more and I go into clubs. If I don't have a show, I'll go and sit in the back of a club in New York and I'll just watch like a seven o'clock Tuesday show just to see what other people are up to.
2: So I'm sorry to interrupt, but that is so funny because I've had this conversation with dozens of comics and they do their set and then they leave. Like they don't hang out. And I'm like, how do you know what you're good at unless you see how other people are doing something and you can go, wow, that was funny. I want to strive towards that. Like they don't work weekends. And most of the time, they don't know any of the headlining acts in Boston at all. It's just... Yeah. You got to scout.
1: Another set to go to? I mean, I don't does the Boston scene work like the New York scene where you can do a set and then you'll leave some and then go of, to do another one?
2: Yeah, some of them. Some I mean, some nights, not every night, but certainly a lot of the guys who are, you know, under fives, you know, under 5 years, they're yeah. doing some work, but they're not I mean, they're doing one show. And if they're doing oh, a second from, show, it's what? like a showcase or something and but I'm talking about like weekends. Like how do you do how do you do it, kids? Today, Paul? <laughs> we always <laughs> just write
1: that.
2: yeah. We're always we always used to hang out at the clubs because we would watch other comics. We would support other comics. Now these comics they do like showcase nights on a Thursday. There's like eight comics. Everybody does their set and walks out the door. And I'm like, you're never gonna be anybody. Yeah. You just you're just not yeah. because you don't know anybody. To you can't even network that way.
1: Yeah, networking is good. It's also <clears throat> just fun to see what what people are up to.
2: I've got and, and, you
1: know, you never know. Stick around. It's like you never know who you're going to yeah. see coming up. Well, we had half the I, fun
2: at the club just, you know, fucking with each other. That's what we Exactly.
1: Had... Exactly. And yeah. I, you just don't know who's going to show up and do a set, too. I did. Um, I've done some. I do. I've done shows at Gotham a lot. And I've been on a couple shows where Jim Gaffigan has shown up. Mm. And he this is the best. He went on right after me. <laughs> so he's sitting he's standing off to the side I did my set I had a great set I felt good I was like Jim Gaffigan's right there and then I walked off and he said to me great set and I I went to go shake his hand and for some reason I just put my hand on his stomach and I said thank you and I don't know why I put my hand <laughs> on his stomach <laughs> And like, oh, my God, everything slowed <laughs> down in that moment. <sighs> oh, Jim, I want to touch your stomach. That's fucking weird. It was the weirdest. I don't know what happened. Sometimes, yeah, that's why I would say I'm going to have a TV show, and it's going to start by me saying, I'm Erin McGuire, and this is a terrible idea. <laughs> Sometimes I hover outside of my body, and I see something happen, and I go, this is happening. I'm all in.
2: I just I wish I could be weird again.
1: Exactly. I'm doubling down on awkward.
2: <laughs> well, here's what we're gonna do. Let me promote you one more time. Erin Maguire, go to our website, Aaron Maguire, M-A-G-U-I-R-E dot com. And you can go and you can check her out through Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. She's all listed there. We're gonna take our second break and we come back. I'm gonna play a little game with Erin Maguire. And you're going to play directly against the listening audience. You are listening to Radio regardless, And we'll be right back. At a wedding toast, he confessed to giving the bride chlamydia. People know him as that guy. He'll ask about your children at a urinal. once approached an undercover officer for drugs in front of a police station. He is the most
0: inappropriate man in the world. I don't often drink beer, but when I do, it's at an AA meeting. Stay thirsty, my friends. It's time for another
2: Weak Inspiration. If you are going to speak, say something worth saying, like, shut up.
1: This is Nick Crowley, and you're listening to Radio Irregardless with Mark Scalia, and I couldn't even get my family to listen. Like I said, I'm from Massachusetts. I am from Boston originally. Oh, all right. There we go. That doesn't usually happen in New York. <laughs> from there, though. Everybody in my family has the accent but me. Whenever anybody asks me where I'm from, I just say the 1940s. Because <laughs> I sound like I'm from another time period and I don't know why. I can't help it, I'm a Girl Friday. <laughs> I sounded like this when I was a kid. you know how weird that was to go through puberty? Oh, Johnny, if you give me a 2 to some dinner water, I'll let you put a gas stopper in my whiskers. <laughs> series, I saw everybody I went to high school with being like, the Sox won the series!
2: You're back at Radio Regardless with me, your host, Mark Scalia. And that was another little sampling of my guest, Erin McGuire. And you can actually visit her on her website, erinmaguire.com. E-R-I-N-M-A-G-U-R-I-R-E e Maguire. you
1: you added an extra r c what is it about the name why is it the hardest thing i was i was
2: still reeling i actually had to plug in something during the break and i whacked she heard it you guys didn't i whacked the side of my ear on the on the microphone and my it hit my glasses and i was like i i i i
1: i blame the samsung galaxy if i were you it's it's, money for that
2: you know something? It's just sitting in its wireless charger on the desk, just leaving people alone. It's leaving-
1: yeah, it's going to implode just by sitting there.
2: It won't. It won't. It's
1: just going to go poof.
2: That can be a nice little game. Wait for the galaxy to explode. Or Kill you. we could play a game that I wrote especially for you when I wrote it today. Yay! We're going to play Showtime Me the Money. Show me the money.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah show me me, me. money <laughs> now the reason i played that is because of your last name mcguire i originally oh, had some i had some sound bites from Aaron brockovich as well because not a lot of erins in the movie industry yeah, we're,
1: rare. we're rare this we're game rare. will be good i usually play pull my finger so i'm in <laughs>
2: Do you, do you play with other people? Uh, 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 you know something? I'm not going to go there. So if here's you, what
1: Just me and my husband.
2: This is a very simple game. Now, you're going to be playing directly against my listening audience. Now, okay. uh, there are two officially signed in, and a bunch of people have not signed in. So the people who are listening, if you want to be part of the game, you have to sign in using a Facebook address or a Twitter feed or something like that so that they can identify you, and then you can play. But here's the thing. there are There are so many listeners... And they are, all, they are all listening on a delay. That's the catch because I'm broadcasting and then I just upload in the site. And so they have a delay. But you and I are speaking via Skype almost instantaneously. So if you know the answer, you can just blurt it out. So your advantage is you're faster. Your disadvantage, more of them than of you.
1: And oh, the, I like this challenge. Yes. You think I'm faster. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll see about that. The, you have the ability I to be agree. faster.
2: <laughs> so because this is showtime me the money i'm going to be asking you about broadway shows since that you are the actor and you are based in the new york area and your husband is actually in a broadway play so here's this would be a test question okay okay the hit. Oh, well, this
1: is gonna kind of be horrifying because my husband is listening right now, and if I get any of these wrong, I'm gonna get such crap. For oh, this.
2: see, uh, you know, I'm better off with my Nexus, my Galaxy, my Galaxy phone, fucking phone.
1: Exactly. Yeah, send it to me because it's all over now.
2: Well, how about my this? Husband
1: loves everything about musical theater, like I, like I say. Well, this will be the, this be... penis is. This...
2: <laughs> <laughs> He's gay, but he plays right, one so on my TV. My mother just
1: grabbed her pearls somewhere.
2: Oh, oh, my darling! <laughs> anyway, this is the test question: the hit hip-hop infused musical drama about the ten-dollar founding father without a father.
1: Hamilton.
2: Hamilton. So yeah. The but- one-
1: nobody can get a ticket to. And Hamilton, th- And
2: this would be the correct answer. You had me at hello. <laughs> you go, no. That is
1: correct. <laughs> you
2: All Jerry Maguire correct and incorrect sound bites. I All right. It. So you got that right. Now, of course, see my, uh, my brother, Chris, he just typed in Hamilton. Hey, see, that's the delay. On
1: the drum, Scalia.
2: See, how about huh. this one? A musical about a pair of mismatched boys sent on a mission that's about as far from Salt Lake City as you can get.
1: Of Mormon. I hear that you hear what I'm saying, but do you truly hear what I'm saying? <laughs> I hear
2: you saying yeah. yeah, that is number two. <laughs> Just, for somebody who didn't think they do very well in this, you're doing pretty well on this. Well,
1: yeah, I don't want to get cocky, you know.
2: All right, well, don't get cocky, because you know, as soon as you get cocky, the audience like turns into total. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> My husband's trying to text me the answers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need you anymore. I don't need you. <laughs>
2: all right Bren, brendan signing off so now you just have a competition with my brother and then the the uh, four of the people or is it five of the people no four of the people who are going to sign it okay how about this one a, a magic carpet ride you'll never forget tony winning adaptation ah! what is it aladdin aladdin
1: i don't know what it's like to be a black person i'm mr black people <laughs> I take
2: it as a yes? Yes, that is a yes. Well, the reason I played the yes is because there's a no. Here's the no. Do you think Maguire knows what it's like to be a black guy? (laughs) There you go. Oh, that's genius. God, I hope
1: I get one wrong.
2: All right, now it's going to get tricky. The easy ones are gone. Now the hard ones start. Okay. Jake Gyllenhaal and Anna Lee Ashford lead the staged concert production of Stephen Sondheim's Playful Musical.
1: Sunday in the Park with George.
2: What the? You had me at
1: hello.
2: What the fuck is going on there? I didn't even know these ones. How about this one? Forget Dorothy. This Tony winner is Broadway's biggest original musical.
1: Wicked. I hear that you
2: hear what I'm saying, <laughs> but do you truly hear what I'm saying? You <laughs> 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 Just hear what I'm saying. How about this one? Broadway's third longest running show.
1: Oh, now you're challenging me. Yep. Third longest running show. I'm going to say Lion King.
2: What? I was stuck because your husband does it. Here you go. You complete me. <laughs> was that, that was right? You were correct.
1: You're kidding me. Oh, my God. My brother's just ty- <laughs> typing in wicked
2: cats. He's just typing in names <laughs> of Broadway shows at this point.
1: Cats.
2: All right. Going to get harder. Okay, I'm in. Hoping to educate us once again, Andrew Lloyd Webber returns to Broadway with a brand new show.
1: School of Rock.
2: Oh my God, she knows it
1: all. You had me at
2: hello. (laughs) (laughs) Could it it be a sweep? I don't know. Like the audience isn't even close. How about this one? Set in the golden age of Hollywood, it would combine aerobatics and spectacular design with the best of Broadway's storytelling
1: magic. Paramore?
2: Full title, please.
1: Oh, there's more to Paramore? There is. Cirque du Soleil Craptacular?
2: (laughs) (laughs) You complete me. Cirque du Soleil Paramore. (laughs)
1: Yes, the Craptacular. Circus
2: of the Sun, that's all it is. How about this one? The story follows a small town server who seizes the opportunity of a big money baking contest to make a new life for herself.
1: Waitress.
2: Fuck. This that's is so un- unstoppable. I
1: hear that you hear what I'm saying, <laughs> but do you truly hear what I'm saying? I hear what you're saying, Daddy. You're not even fast enough on the draw there.
2: I'm blowing the intros. That's all that is.
1: I like that somebody just keeps typing wicked.
2: <laughs> how about wicked this one? For all. This one's probably one of the trickier ones. Kate okay. Blanchett plays a widow whose 40th birthday party descends into chaos as long-held regrets and jealousies are revealed.
1: Hold on, let me think. This sounds like Tennessee Williams. Is not somebody doing cat on a hot tin roof right mm. now? Nope. No. Nope. Um, but nobody's
2: typed anything, so you're still in the running.
1: I'm I'm, I'm Hamming. I could be using my, my interwebs machine to cheat, you, and I opt not to.
2: You could. Well, I can't see you, hence the note. Snakes on a plane is not the correct <laughs>
1: Aaron, Aaron so you have I to. I wouldn't give you, anything you if have somebody to, musicalized snakes on a plane. You have
2: to understand one thing, Aaron. Every week, when my brother listens to the show live, he manages to get a snakes in the plane reference.
1: Every week. It's so topical. It's. Um, okay 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 going once the present
2: the present all the presents. you (laughs) complete there you go she got that one right how about this one featuring a funky score from cindy lopper it's the story of a failing shoe factory in england
1: uh i know this because i have about Two hundred friends in it right now. Kinky boots.
2: It is kinky boots.
1: You had me at hello.
2: And this, I, boots
1: kinky.
2: You know something? I think. Let me see if I can get some hard ones here. Okay, okay, this one's hard. The longest running show in Broadway's history. Phantom. The story of a masked monster who stalks the halls of the Paris Opera House is correct. Ooh.
1: Yeah,
2: yes, that is Phantom of the Opera.
1: Yay! I'm reminded every day I walk yes. by it. <laughs> Based it's on really, a... it's whenever everywhere. you walk by Phantom, they're like, but well, we've been running forever. Uh, you guys, we're still open. We're running forever."
2: <laughs> How th- is How are they still doing it? Are they still? Didn't anybody get bored of that yet?
1: No, and I tell you what, I was there when it. I I won tickets because my mother is obsessed with Phantom of the Opera. So I somehow won tickets to the point where it became the longest-running show on Broadway. Wow. And so I brought her to go see it. And, you know, you think you're jaded. You're a New Yorker, and you're like, oh, all right. I walk by Phantom every day. <laughs> and um, then suddenly the lights go down, and you hear... Dur, 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 dur. The organ goes off, and the the old chandelier rises up, and you're like... <laughs> 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 and suddenly you're gas crying, and you just... Really? You're like, oh my God! I'm not dead inside. I I still have the ability to feel when Phantom shows up.
2: I hate musicals, but then I saw Rent and I went, I like Rent. I actually, and bought, that was
1: your gateway drug.
2: That was my. <laughs> but, it was
1: your weed. We, yeah, but now your, I'm not
2: because weed. I saw the producers and I'm like, yes, eh, no,
1: no. I didn't Do anything for you? I I'm this like idea of always winning tickets to see shows. I was obsessed with it when I was in high school and I would listen to Emerson College Radio always mm. had Saturday morning musical theater. And oh, yeah. I would call in and try to win tickets. And I used to win it like fairly frequently because I was one of ten of <laughs> 20 listeners. You know, like, like my like no- my
2: listeners. I get it. I understand. You, <laughs> exactly. have to, you don't have to talk <laughs> down to me. Seven. I get it.
1: Good. I get it. <laughs> Got it up to seven. I'm doing and, good job. Uh, so I won tickets to Fiddler on the Roof in Weymouth, Massachusetts, and it was the Funniest thing I have ever sat in in my life, the the heaviest Boston accents. It was amazing. If you you should have seen the house, like Tevia's house, was the funniest thing. But just to hear him come out and be like, like a fiddler on the roof, roof. <laughs> with Tom Brady in the pants and socks, and the bees drop the puck at the garden.
2: And we got We can't do a fucking matinee on Sunday in the fall. That's just fucking stupid. No,
1: no, man. <laughs> We got to go. Kickoff's at four.
2: All right. Last one. Ready? All right. Hardest one. Sally Field and two-time Tony recipient Joe Mantello (gasps) are set to star in a new revival of Tennessee Williams' celebrated drama.
1: Oh, it has to be Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf.
2: It is not. (gasps)
1: Oh! I got one wrong.
2: Well, nobody else has got it right, so technically, you you still
1: I still know it. I'm winning. I'm still killing it. Who? What? Sally Field, America's sweetheart, is coming to Broadway with Tennessee Williams. Mm-hmm. She's gonna revive that accent she used in Steel Magnolias. <laughs> Yeah, she's like, I'm, I know this. What's? Are you not going to give me the answer? We Annie,
2: Annie get your gun is not yeah, correct, god. Chris.
1: <laughs> 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 Fucking
2: Annie, get your gun. Tennessee Williams did not do Annie, get your I gun.
1: Would love to see Tennessee Williams version of Annie, get your gun. <laughs> oh god, I'm getting. <gasps> see, my husband just texted me. Now I'm going to get divorced. What He's upset it? with me that I didn't get glass menagerie. The glass
2: menagerie is the last one.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: You know something? If you got it wrong, I would have played you this. What does your heart tell you? Sorry to hear that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, really, I'd like to thank my husband for this win. Uh, Because, again, he's tuned in to everything that's coming into the Broadway. And Sally Field in Glass Menagerie, I am first in line to see that. There you go.
2: So I'm going to tabulate the scores and we're going to take our third and final break. And when we come back, we're going to ask Aaron Maguire the three questions I ask of all my guests. Tell us about your first time, your best time, and your worst time. You're listening to Radio Regardless. We'll be right back. To leave a question or comment, call the Radio Air Regardless Hotline at 978-219-9294. And you're back at Radio Air Regardless with me, your host, Mark Scalia. Erin McGuire is still with me. And again, you can <laughs> find you can, you, can, <laughs> you can find her on her website, McGuire, Erin Maguire E R I N. M A G U I R E dot com. And that's it. Yeah. Now, I've tabulated all the scores, and this, this has never happened in a multi-choice, you know, and with this many questions. None of my guests have ever had a complete 100% sweep. <gasps>
1: You're which, saying I'm your first?
2: You are my first, which means you win! <laughs>
1: I I win a sense of accomplishment
2: (laughs) You have nothing but that And that's satisfying (laughs) Now before we let you go First thing I want to do is I want to find out About your first best and worst And then you can tell us about what you got coming up So please tell me and my lovely listeners About your first time, your best time And your worst time on stage
1: My first time was at Gotham Comedy Club And Mm. it was amazing. It was one of those moments where you go, okay, this is the direction I have to walk in now. (laughs) I mean, the room was packed. It was wicked hot and actually, like, not physically hot, but they were, like, hot to trot. And it was my first five minutes I had ever done. I know I didn't unclench (laughs) For those for seven minutes. And the thing is, like, growing up, living my whole life on stage, it's very different when you're doing stand-up. Uh-huh. And I went up there, and I knew what I needed to do, and I blasted through it so fast, and I hovered outside of my body. I don't entirely remember what happened, but there is a tape of it somewhere. God help me. And uh, I got off stage, and, and I was hooked. So I imagine it's the feeling that, that you get when you try – crack for the first time i haven't tried crack yet but i it's on my to-do list
2: it's it's been equated to heroin
1: that that rush was crazy and it was like i didn't sleep that night because it was such a rush and i felt like you know i had a handful of people there but the room was just unreal Mm. and uh i was hooked ever since then not a very exciting first time story but no that's that's exactly
2: a great story
1: but i tapped the vein Yeah. yeah
2: So that's your first time. What's your best time so far?
1: My best. This is an interesting one. And this happened recently. And it happened at 1130 in the morning. Who knew that I would crush an 1130 set? (laughs) (laughs) Haven't we all crushed an 1130 set? So, uh, they're making... I, I, have, don't,
2: I have, by the way. I have. You have.
1: I mean, yes. I, I love, you know...
2: Early morning stand-up, I've done it. Nursery
1: crowd. Like, that's mm-hmm. my, my demographic. <laughs> so, they're making Magic Mike into a live show in Las what? Vegas. What? What? No, yet. Oh. And, and believe me, this thing is going to fly off the shelves. Why nobody has done this before is beyond me. So, oh. Channing Tatum is directing it. What? what? Yeah, It just keeps getting what? better, doesn't it? So Are you sure I
2: this isn't the worst is. story? This is the worst story, Aaron. This is the
1: best. This is the best one. It's the best. I had to write a specific set for it. So they, they, it's all naked men and one gal. They wanted <laughs> like, a chick to be the MC. So I get called in for the MC. And they want you to write a set on like women and sexuality and like what your view is on it (laughs) and i just loved the assignment i went bonkers for it and for some reason it was one of those days where i was like oh i know exactly what this is i know exactly what you need to lead your show and i went in and it was six people and it was no channing tatum which was so disappointing yeah But they had a video set up, so I played half of it to the camera, just delivering all, just hammering away at Channing Tatum. But aren't we all hammering away at Channing Tatum in some way, shape, or form? And uh, I crushed it. It was one of those things where it's just, that set killed six people in a room. And, And it did the job, because then... A couple weeks later, I got an email saying, Channing Tatum has a question for you. And I said, that question better be, will you sit on my face? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I love that that sexy music just came in right there. Perfect. So, it was so good. And so I had to answer a question for Channing Tatum. And it was... <laughs> Oh, all right
2: that's enough of that
1: <laughs> sorry i'm just a bad girl <laughs>
2: well that's that's his and magic mic music up. and that... then i
1: had to make a video and i had to uh, answer him via videotape What? and I, I wrote a whole new set and it was basically the same question And again and i was like okay i'm gonna give you this angle but uh it was one of those <laughs> things and i just videotaped it me holding a martini wearing sunglasses, talking directly to Channing Tatum. It was an out-of-body experience, and I I killed it right to the bitter end. Now, I I have not been given the MC spot. That's okay. But it was one of those things where I went, oh, yeah, I I can write very specific to what I need to write towards, and the persona was everything. And it was so ballsy and out there and so in the pocket that I was like, this is my best me.
2: That's fantastic. I I just hope that they don't... I I have a problem with going to auditions when they give you almost nothing and then say, wing it. Then they use what you... don't steal my junk. Then they steal the whole fucking
1: thing. (laughs) It's on tape, man. It's on... They'll be hearing from my lawyers. Do we cheat them and how?
2: Do we cheat So now that you've given (laughs) us your first time of course, at Gotham. The best time with t- Tatum Channing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Tatum Channing. I know what he to you.
2: <laughs> Isn't it Tatum Channing?
1: How people get to say my best time was with Channing Tatum. Tating what did you call him? Tatum. Tanning Chatham?
2: Tanning Chatham. <laughs> it's Gobbler's <laughs> Notch. Is it Gobbler's And I gotta look back on it. Yes, it's Gobbler's knob Gobbler's crotch Gobbler's knob not not knobbler's Teatum's crotch can crotch. Let's going. move on cuz it's getting
1: late It's getting sexy in here We're
2: getting we're getting punchy and uh, yeah. gee, What? <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> Get... All right. Now since you've and got then a, the worst you, the worst one
1: The worst is my first headline and okay. it was 45 minutes and, and well first of all it was in a black box theater, the median age was ninety-eight. Fuck. <laughs> and it was a dry room. So it was a theater, which means that they haven't been out drinking. And right. to give you an idea of the age, they were putting out cupcakes for everybody after the show.
2: How nice.
1: <laughs> everybody gets cupcakes and everybody's old. And I, I took a look at the you know the audiences they're coming in, and I was like, Jesus. You better take out all of your FDR jokes right now. Like, now's the time. If you have any any jokes about laudanum and medicated cotton, <laughs> now is the time to use them. So how about that rotary phone? What are the kids listening to these days? I was like, I'm screwed. You know, because I'm so weirdly referential, too, in my humor. And I thought, oh, God, they're not even gonna know who Kim Kardashian is, like, I'm done. <laughs> and they weren't drinking. Drinking is very important. Why do you think there's a two drink minimum at most clubs? We need people to be buzzed. <laughs> I, I am so into, I love a drunk crowd, and I want two drink minimums because I get funnier the drunker you get. And so so they come in and they're dry, and it's a black box theater that's like a cave. It's just huge. And I start off the set, and the first joke, silence. (laughs) And I can feel the flop sweat going down my back and like making its way down and down. And I was like, oh, geez. So there was a guy. Yes, you felt it. (laughs) So I I started to warm them up a little bit, and they would laugh. But then it was almost like they were the collective consciousness. They'd laugh and go silent. So it would be like, punchline, punchline ha 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 stop yep that was what you felt it and there was a guy in the front row who you know i had two comics go up before me warming up the crowd like a guest spot and an MC. and they kept picking on this guy i could hear it i couldn't see the show i wasn't in the theater like watching it but i could hear them picking on this guy beforehand and they saying oh you're falling asleep or you fell asleep some guy who was asleep
2: no god
1: and, and so I get up because he's 500 years old. He shouldn't be out that late or unconscious. I felt for him. But I'm starting off and the show's starting to warm up. They're starting to get there. And about 12 minutes in, I see the guy in the front row. And I, I just stop and I go, oh, it's true what they say. You were asleep. And it was like he rose from the dead. Oh my God. And he just says, I wouldn't be sleeping if you were funny. <laughs> And you felt the room collectively clench their sphincter. Oh, my God, that's hysterical. And, and they were, it was like a, it was a big complex. And they were doing a really crappy version of Titanic, the musical, next door. Whoa. And I said, well, you can go next door where another disaster is happening every night. And, and like, slowly tried to get the audience back. But it was the hardest Thing I have ever done trying to lift the room back up again and I thought oh my god I'm 10 minutes in and they've paid me for 45 minutes and I had put my phone in my back pocket so I could record my set and listen to it afterwards and it still exists oh my <laughs> I, god I will keep it forever as a reminder to stay humble and keep working harder and win your crowd but just to have I want to make it my ringtone, the guy saying, I wouldn't be asleep if you were funny. (laughs) And the best part is that the the old women in the audience turned on him. Like the women in their 90s were like, Leave the girl alone. She's doing her jokes. (laughs) So they kind of got on my side after that because, you know, now this guy's the villain in the room. But it never really took off after that. I didn't expect it to. Oh, but my it's God. nice to be told from an 85-year-old unconscious man that if I were funnier, he'd be conscious. <laughs> and I don't know, technically alive. I think we could have had defibrillator pads and it wouldn't have helped the situation. <laughs> so I'd say that's my worst.
2: Oh, I love hearing it bad comic stories. I don't fucking, you, though? Know? I, I mean, it, it makes
1: you feel like it's camaraderie. And oh. the brother, even, even if you're working at the top of your game,
2: I just fucking love it. The shittier the story, the better it is. So I know that people can go to your website, com, and check out what you got going on. But is there anything that you want to just let my listeners know that uh, you got coming up over the next couple weeks or so?
1: Well, if you find yourself in the city and in my hood, I'm making my Dangerfields debut on Monday. Congratulations. Nice. Thank you. I'm very excited. Uh, Yes so i'll be at the legendary Dangerfields fields club very excited to be doing that 8 30 monday on february 6th and um lots of dates lots of fun stuff coming up there's you know especially with valentine's day and everything mm-hmm. but mostly i mean if um, i'll be in new jersey and new york for the month of jan uh feb january he's done yes. i'm looking into the past like i'm, I'm killing <laughs> i'm killing every month that's gone past me um I'm kind of all up and down the coast. Like, I'm going to be at Willow Creek Winery in the middle of the month, and that's in Cape May, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. So, I got lots of stuff going on. I think all the dates are up to date on my website, and you can check it out. But the most recent one coming up is Dangerfield. So, check it out.
2: They'll definitely do that. It's Aaron McGuire, E R I N M A G U I R dot com. Dot com.
1: Instagram, seven oh. Room Productions.
2: Aaron, and it was great to have you up for the festival. And hopefully, you and I will have some contact over the upcoming months and stuff like that. Maybe I'll take a ride down the city. We'll bump into each other. It'll be great. Yeah. You come up here again, we'll work out. That'd be fun.
1: That's awesome. Thank you for having me on radio, irregardless. Thanks
2: so much, Aaron. Have a great night, darling.
1: You too, babe.
2: Bye-bye. Bye. That was Aaron McGuire. So funny. Oh, my God, that fucking story. The Channing Tatum, Chatham Tanning, whatever the fuck his name is. (laughs) I can't can't even do it anymore. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we got a little long, but we had a lot of fun. I know we did. So I'm going to tell you where I'm going to be this upcoming weekend. Tomorrow, Thursday, February 2nd, I'll be in Laconia, New Hampshire at the Riverbank house doing a big benefit show there. And then Friday night, I'll be at, speaking of magic, I'll be at Magic Mountain Ski Resort in londonderry vermont hey guys as always if you want to be part of the show if you want to be a guest a sponsor you can actually email the show radio irregardless at gmail.com you can call the hotline 978-219-9294 hey guys next week february 8th i possibly can be might be doing a live remote from the hookie lao in chicopee if not i'll let you guys know and we'll see you in a couple weeks but tune in Have a great week! This has been Radio Irregardless with Mark Scalia. Your non-standard blend of irrespective listening and regardless enjoying. Radio Irregardless was written, directed, and produced by Mark Scalia and broadcast live via Mixler.com. I'd like to thank my on-air guests as well as all the online listeners for their comments. The Radio Irregardless theme, If Only I Had a Pen, was written and composed by Derek Dupuy. All music and audio clips used, property of their respective copyright owners. All material and content, property of MS Enterprises, and copyrighted 2016, all rights reserved. Listen to previously aired episodes of Radio Irregardless by downloading from iTunes. Thank you for listening.